The next generation of family history is here. Storied is taking family history to new and exciting places with AI, storied books, and more. With billions of historical records and exclusive newspaper publications, you can build and expand your family tree with ease. Collaborating with your family has never been easier or more affordable. Don't let your family's legacy go untold. Preserve these memories in a beautiful, interactive format that will be cherished for generations. Turn your family's journey into a stunning storied book, a keepsake to pass down to your children and grandchildren. Visit Storied today and get started for free. That's storied, S-T-O-R-I-E-D dot com. Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine podcast. It's the podcast from America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm Andrew Cook, editor of Family Tree Magazine, filling in for Lisa Louise Cook. In this episode, we're talking all about RootsTech, the largest genealogy conference here in the United States. This year's conference takes place February 29th through March 2nd in Salt Lake City. And it's hard to believe, but it's actually going to be my eighth RootsTech conference that I'll be attending, and I'm so excited to meet up with other genealogists, including you, our listeners, and hearing about the latest developments in the world of family history tech. I'll be interviewing Sonny Jane Morton, one of our contributing editors who has lots of experience at the conference, and we'll share our favorite memories of RootsTech, plus advice for those who are attending the in-person event for the first time. But don't worry if you can't be there with us in Salt Lake City, there is plenty that you can do online as part of the virtual portion of RootsTech, which is completely free. Let's get into our interview with Sunny to hear more about what you can expect at this year's RootsTech conference. I'm here with Sunny Jane Morton, who's a contributing editor to Family Tree Magazine and the content director at Your DNA Guide. Welcome back to the Family Tree Magazine podcast, Sunny. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. So as we're recording this, we are already about a month away from Roots Tech 2024. And I thought, who better to talk to than you, who has been there as an exhibitor, as a speaker, as an attendee, uh, and somebody who is really plugged into what's going on in the genealogy world. So, you know, tell us a little bit about your history with Roots Tech and why it's such an amazing experience. Well, my history with Roots Tech, when you asked me to cover that. Boy, it sent me down a real rabbit hole, I have to say, Andrew. So, okay, for context here, the first Roots Tech was 2011. And there weren't a lot of people there. It wasn't already a big thing, right? It it happened. And it was groundbreaking, but it was groundbreaking in a little bit less on the radar way, right? But um, I searched my email inbox to look at my own history with Roots Tech a little bit, which is an interesting way to explore your own story, is to see what you've said in your email over the last several years. And my first mention of Roots Tech goes back to 2012. Wow. Um, and that's that's the first time. Um, the first time I attended would be in 2013, but in 2012 is when the then CEO of Family Search floated the idea at Roots Tech of doing a global family search tree. Like that's how far we've come in the history of Roots Tech is that it the the very second one they were talking about doing it. And then by the time I attended in 2013, I'm finding emails asking where uh where I'm asking the public affairs director at Family Search, when is this tree gonna launch and what's it gonna look like? And so like that's really what was happening there. My first few years 
at Roots Tech. I worked as a vendor for Lisa Louise Cook for Genealogy Gems. That's that's why I went. So I really give her a lot of credit for launching me into that world so early. By 2016, I was teaching, and I've been teaching every year since then. Um, And my work with Family Tree Magazine has also intersected with Roots Tech in really meaningful ways. Um, I've had a chance now and then to cover news for you. Like if you weren't going to be there yourself or um, I've had a chance to help you send the news out to people, whether it's in a newsletter or a video interview or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I have to say, I remember one of my earliest and favorite memories of Roots Tech was attending my very first media dinner. And Mm -hmm. I was seated with Dick Eastman on one side and it was either Allison or Diane um, on the other side of me, I forget forget which one of them was there. And I can't believe that I don't remember that because so I was feeling pretty starstruck, mm-hmm. right, uh, back then. And partway through dinner, um, it was either Allison or Diane turned to me and said something very casually offhand about me being put on the masthead at Family Tree Magazine as a contributing editor, which I hadn't even been told yet. So I found out at this dinner where I'm already feeling a little outclassed and starstruck, like, oh, I've got this editor on one side and I've got Dick Eastman on the other side and what? So I just about fell off my chair um, finding out. And that has meant a lot to me. I love Family Tree Magazine. I love what we do. I love the stories we tell and the ways that we inspire everyday genealogists to keep doing what we do well. And I think that's also, it fits really well with what happens at Roots Tech. So I think that that's been a really, really great fit. So 2017 was a really big year for me at Roots Tech, Andrew, and Family Tree Magazine played a huge role in that one. So that was the year that the magazine commissioned me to research and um, run an analysis comparing the big four websites. So comparing FamilySearch, Ancestry, MyHeritage, and Find My Past. So they ended up live streaming that one. And that was that was nerve wracking because I wanted to bring out the best in each of them. And it's, it's one thing to do it in a magazine article, but it's one another thing to do it in front of the, the um, owners of all of these companies and a live audience of tens of thousands of people around the world. So I remember that this was a presentation that I actually invited several friends over, my really smart friends, to pilot the lecture with them. And I scripted it really carefully. And I was so pleased afterward to get that I got positive feedback from all of these companies um, that I didn't alienate anybody that I needed to work with on a regular basis to get more news from them and um, so that that topic of the comparing those big websites that was that was really huge and I think that was really helpful for so many of our readers yeah and first of all you do such a good job comparing those we uh had an updated version of that article that ran a few years ago um, on comparing the big four and such a great resource. And, you know, I think uh, your experience for me highlights a couple interesting things about Roots Tech. One is um, the amount of work that goes into presenting and to putting together these presentations. Um, I don't know that uh, attendees realize that these are weeks and months in the making. Uh, you know, when you go to a, 45 or 60 minute presentation. Um, and it's an opportunity to really hear and hear from and connect with, um, not only your fellow genealogists, but also the kind of movers and shakers. So you mentioned Dick Eastman earlier. Um, you know, what a, 
what a, uh, I, I, it's funny that you sat with him at that media dinner. Cause I was next to him or at the same table as him this, or this previous year and was also starstruck. <laughs> it's like, wow, Dick Eastman, you know? Um, so it's, it's a great opportunity to hear from, you know, the people at the big genealogy websites from our writers and editors who are often there in attendance. Um, so that, that's what stood out for me. And 2017 was also a big year of Roots Tech for me because that was my first Roots Tech was in 2017. Well, I, you know, that was the time period, I think, that it really started growing and mm-hmm. just kind of started really taking off. So I, I had the chance to um, write a 10-year retrospective history of Roots mm-hmm. Tech that they asked me to do in 2020. Um, and I had to interview several Roots Tech employees for that, past attendees, and I did, it, Mr. Eastman's name came up again, I interviewed him for that, um, just because he'd been there right at the beginning, and um, they had a great perspective on both the technology end and the genealogy end, and, you know, from the beginning, it was, the question was, can these communities really come together? What does mm-hmm. forward-thinking technology have to do with backward thinking genealogy if we're looking to the past and that answer right now is obvious to us is we're using things like AI and OCR and all these other technologies now to help us read the past but back then it it was a bringing together of two very different worlds in the roots tech end of it is bringing together the past with the future and that was so they weren't quite sure how that was going to take off but boy has it taken off definitely definitely and the conference has looked a little different in the past couple of years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. There were two years where the conference was entirely virtual. That was 2021 and 2022. And then um, in this year in 2024, as it was last year in 2023, we have a hybrid experience. So can you talk a little bit about what attendees can do virtually? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I've I've just been thinking about that how that affected me too as a um, as a vendor. So the past couple of years, I've been at Roots Tech with Diane Southerd at the Your DNA Guide booth, teaching people to use DNA to connect with living relatives and ancestors. And so as I was as you mentioned the the years that we had to be online, our company had to pivot to like how do we communicate with people online. So there was a lot of chat. Like we we had a our vendor booth, and we had a lot of people coming in just dropping in at any moment saying. I have this DNA question. So we had a lot of conversations on chat. And so that's the kind of thing that I'm anticipating will continue this year um, Mm -hmm. that you can do virtually. Of course, you can watch anything that live streams. Um, You can drop into your favorite website or software vendors booth and ask them about, you know, any tools or bugs or anything that's that you want to know about the products that you work with. Um, But I think for me, Andrew, my favorite thing about the virtual component of Roots Tech is the relatives at Roots Tech feature. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's where I go to discover and communicate with like who of my relatives this year is interested enough in genealogy that they're going to show up at Roots Tech, right? Like, oh, I've got a fourth cousin over on this line who's so interested that they're here. And so not only can I identify these relatives that may be totally outside of my you know, everyday life. I don't know who they are anymore, um, but I can see how I'm related to them. Mm-hmm. And this is especially helpful for 
people I recognize as DNA matches because they've got a similar username. And I'm like, oh, that's who you are. I've been trying to figure out this connection now for quite a while because you hadn't posted a tree over on your DNA test results. So for me, the relatives at Roots Tech feature is really wonderful. And you can do it whether you're attending virtually or going to be there in person. It's available to everyone who registers. Yeah. And what a neat opportunity to meet cousins that you would have never had a chance to connect with before. For sure. Bringing people together. So we've talked about the virtual experience, but what advice would you give to someone who's attending the in-person Roots Tech in Salt Lake City for the first time? Well, first of all, congratulations. What fun. And it is fun. Like it's got this great positive, upbeat vibe. It's very welcoming. Um, I would definitely, as far as advice goes, I would say spend some time strategizing what classes you want to attend ahead of time. So they will be posting the schedule here shortly, I understand, maybe even by the time this interview airs. So when I'm going to attend classes, which I don't get to do every year because usually I'm working so much, uh, but when I look for classes to attend Sometimes it's actually because of the presenter. Like I would literally go to anything so-and-so taught. But sometimes it's because a topic or an angle has caught my eye. Like, oh, I haven't seen anybody come at this from this angle before. Or I haven't seen this topic taught recently. Or I wonder how they're going to approach that. So look carefully at, at what is it that you want to learn. So for me, that's that's something because you're you are going to be rubbing shoulders with so many great presenters with so many different perspectives. Um, I would definitely do that. And I would not be afraid to say hello to them in between. Right. Grab a selfie, say hello, ask a question. Yeah. So that's that's the advice I would give. I would add too that. um, Go ahead. And so the way the schedule is you know, it's organized by time period from 1030 to 1115, so-and-so speaking in whatever ballroom. Um, and I would, I would recommend sort of picking two choices, one that is sort of your first choice. And then a second choice, if, you know, you just could, can't get there on time or the room is full when you get there. Cause that does happen occasionally. That does um, happen. The, the, the organizers, of, the organizers of Roots Tech do a really good job sort of trying to anticipate what the, the interest in each um, lecture is going to be and, and sort of, planning them accordingly, but it does occasionally happen. So kind of double, double booking yourself a little bit um, in, just in case. Cause I know there have been times for me where like, Oh, the room's full and I want to go see a lecture. I just, you're kind of panicking. So yeah, I would, uh, that, that's sort of my two cents. That's a plan B option. Very good. I love that option. Yeah. I would also add, so Sonny and I are both Ohioans and it's relatively flat here in Ohio and Salt Lake city is very not flat. So, uh, the change in elevation always takes me by surprise a little bit. Um, so I, I always tell newcomers to uh, make sure you're well hydrated. Cause, that's a, uh, yes, that's a really a good walking. tip. Yeah. Yes. And, and I would also say, try to get outside. I know everything happens inside and I know it's cold. And I know by the time you're done with everything you want to do at Roots Tech, it's probably dark, but those mountains. Oh, gorgeous. Those like, you fly into it or you drive into it, however you arrive, they're beautiful, but they're still there. And you walk out of that conference center and you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the middle of this gorgeous place here that looks like a movie set. I, it never not doesn't look like a movie set to me. It always does. It's just so beautiful. It really is. Yeah. And uh, one more, I know 
this is turning into quite a long list of advice, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always eat well when I'm at Roots Tank as well. There are so many great restaurants um, right around the Salt Palace. Um, and I, I have my own favorites. So, um, you know, that's also kind of fun because you'll see people with Roots Tech passes or maybe even a speaker um, that you heard there out on the town, you know, uh, after after the conference is over. But um, yeah, know, the after hours is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's especially fun. It, and I, I remember being with a couple people who were kind of new to it and weren't really sure like what it will, you know, you know, people and you're going to go off and, and be with them, but I don't really know anyone. I'm like, well, this is your chance. Yeah. Like find a group of people that you all are excited about talking about German roots or DNA yeah. or whatever it is and go to dinner together. It's okay to you know meet a stranger, like not one-on-one necessarily that's maybe not you know stranger danger but like find a group that you all kind of vibe together nicely and go enjoy a lunch or dinner together i think that's one of the great things about roots tech is meeting people who actually want to talk about all of this stuff Mm -hmm. in our awesome hobby right right uh because i know uh sometimes when i tell people what i do i kind of get that blank stare of like why would anybody want to do talk about genealogy all day and said because it's fascinating and everyone's got a family and um yeah to to be so close to people who are also just as passionate as as you are for sure Um, it's hard to overstate uh how valuable that can be so that that kind of dovetails into my next question is uh what's your favorite memory from roots tech well i have to say that i would be hard pressed to top last year Mm -hmm. and this is why I met Steve Morse, the guy Ooh. behind the One Steps Tools website. Wow. I I may have fangirled all over him. And if you happen to be listening, Steve, hi, I'm blushing. I really loved meeting Steve. He's We had several lovely, conver- lovely conversations. We just kept running into each other again. And he's just so smart. He's unassuming, kind of humble. He doesn't say a mm. whole lot, but he has really good things to say when he does. Um, he came to some of my lectures. He had a really great question for me. And fortunately, I had an answer for him that I wasn't stammering too much. But, um, and, you know, he's just one of many. I could list so many wonderful, gracious, smart heroes of mine that show up at Roots Tech and that I have these encounters with. And, and they're really lovely. But meeting Steve Morse was a highlight last year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that really, talk about being starstruck. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was. You know, I think he stopped by the Family Tree Magazine booth and I, I might have said hi to him, I think. I, we, it was a passing, just, hey, I, I know your website. Thanks for doing what you do. It yeah. Was, it was I was like, like, oh, oh, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and uh, that's one thing that I love about our world because we have our own celebrities here yeah. oh, in yeah. the genealogy world. <laughs> and it's really fun to meet them and to listen to them and to kind of rub shoulders a little bit. That's something that's yeah. fun about Roots Tech. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we kind of alluded to this earlier. So at Roots Tech, it's a collection of sort of the best minds in genealogy. You've got um, speakers and and experts, and you've got some of the the key companies. You know, Ancestry has a large presence there. MyHeritage has a large presence there. FamilySearch obviously is hosting the event and has a large presence there. And often there are some big announcements that accompany, accompany these presentations at Roots Tech. So, Sonny, I'm hoping we can kind of put on our, or grab our crystal ball and kind of 
what kind of big website announcements have been made in the past? And do we think, are we foreseeing anything in particular this year without predicting badly? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to predict badly. And if there's stuff that we might know about because we're getting ready to report on it, we also don't want to break embargoes. Um, But it's the game changing stuff. You know, everybody, it's funny because Roots Tech actually changed the way that we communicate with each other in the genealogy world. Well, let's save Mm -hmm. that launch for Roots Tech. Like we time things around it. Right. Like, well, what product, what new product is going to be launched there or what new talking points do we have to capture people's attention? So it's the game changing stuff that you happen and you can benefit from this, whether you're at Roots Tech in person or whether you're just kind of chiming in on social media or whatever. You can start watching for the flood of information and announcement that's going to come your way. Sometimes it's interesting because sometimes they're actually announcing something that is happening that they're launching. And sometimes they're testing the waters. You remember I mentioned back at the beginning of our conversation where um, they were talking at Family Search, um, the Family Search people were talking about maybe they'll launch this family tree of the world. And that gave everyone a chance to wrap their head around it. And they could get some feedback on that initially. Okay, what are going to be people's concerns and questions? And how is this messaging going to go over with people? We're going to want to be ready to answer these questions when it finally launches. So sometimes you'll see Uh, announcements that really could just sort of test the waters. We're hoping to do this, or we're thinking about this. They're just looking for that crowd response. So that said, um, I expect that, um, I expect we'll see lots of conversation about AI tools Mm -hmm. and even more discussion of how they're going to, how they fit into what we do. The authenticity and the um, accuracy and, you know, all the other questions that come up. What about you? What are you looking for? I, uh, well, just to give our listeners a little bit of context, um, in previous years, some of the big announcements that have stood out to me just as I'm thinking about it, um, a few years ago, Find My Past announced that they had the exclusive rights to the 1921 Census of England and Wales. I think that was at Roots Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, the Virtual Record Treasury of Ireland project. I don't know if it was announced at Roots Tech. I remember hearing about it for the first time at Roots Tech. So, you know, these kind of bigger scale records initiatives are always really exciting if you find out. Um, I think Find My Past One Year also announced the launch of the Catholic Records. Yeah, project. the Catholic you know, Archive. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And now that you are jogging my memory, I remember the year that Ancestry announced Through Lines and My Heritage announced Theory of Family Re- yes, Relativity right. within hours of each other. And yeah. those of us who were getting ready to share the news with every everyone knew that both of them were coming. And we just weren't quite sure of exactly what the time frame was. And then how do you message them? Because they're like, they have some similarities, but they're, they're also different in certain ways. So that was, that was also really exciting. That was one of the first ways that we saw the genealogy come together with the genetics in a meaningful way. So that's one of the announcements or two of the announcements that really excited me. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier about how these announcements sometimes aren't breaking news in the sense that they will look kind of forward and backward that here's a, here's a collection of things that we've already kind of done, and here's sort of what's new. Um, but also here's a tease of what is happening in the future. It reminded me of the, the My Heritage presentation last year, um, where they sort of teased the idea of the, um, the, their new photo apps, but without like taking the full step of saying it's available now. Um, so it, you know, it's sort of a, a neat opportunity to just sort of hear about what's going on. Um, 
And I, I should add that each of the major companies do usually have some sort of what's new at Ancestry, what's new at MyHeritage. So look for those on the syllabus um, when they come out. In terms of what I expect to see this year, I, I totally agree with you that artificial intelligence is where a lot of the new uh, developments and uh, inventions are coming about. And I also expect to hear about the recent changes that some of these companies have made. So I know Ancestry just launched these new pro tools. I, I would expect to hear more about those, for example. Um, and I was referring back to big records releases. You know, I don't, I have no inside scoop about <laughs> anything that would be announced, but um, I, my ears always perk up for that kind of information too. Like what's the, the next big record set that is going to be made available? What's what new tech innovations are, are coming about? As far as those record releases, I used to report on those a lot. And the numbers just got so big for a while. You know, a collection of hundreds of millions of this and that, the city directories, the wills. the And it, it can be a little bit mind-boggling. And then when there's not those announcements, you can feel like, well, is nobody curating any more records? Is everything mm-hmm. that they're going to digitize been digitized? And, and no, the digitization continues. And I think what I got used to looking for was what's and rather than what's the biggest set record set coming out um by numbers it's what's the most game changing record sets that are coming mm-hmm. out and maybe it's the first time records uh civil records have been released from a certain part of the world or mm-hmm. a certain time period or for a certain category of people maybe there weren't really good rate records on women in this particular place mm-hmm. except in these records and so i you know and that requires a little bit more a little closer study of what's being yeah. uh, what's coming out and of listening to uh, the records uh, hosts or the records curators, when they announce them, they're like, okay, this is an exciting re- record and maybe there's only only 5 million records in it, but this is why they're important. Like this is this yeah. is why we're excited to bring these to you. So I yeah. think that it's worth listening to the nuance behind which records are coming out and why they matter. Yes, absolutely. And some of it is sort of situational too. You know, records that's really valuable for one group is not necessarily going to be super valuable for the next. And so it it sort of depends on the needs of your research. Right. Some of the the bigger, to your point, the bigger uh, record swaths that are released, the the new technologies that are announced and being developed, like, you know, that, that often cuts across the board. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing this year at Roots Tech. Well, I will be on a fun panel. I'm excited about this on genealogy jobs. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm doing it with uh, Dana Palmer, uh, Sherry Hudson Passy, and Peggy Lauritsen, and all mm-hmm. of us have sort of different backgrounds and the kinds of things that we do in the genealogy world are different. And I definitely do something different when people, you know, hear your, you know, you work in the genealogy field. Oh, you you take research clients? No, I don't actually. I teach mm-hmm. people and. Um, I help develop curriculum and those kinds of things. So it's a it's a unique kind of job and all the writing that I do for the magazine. And I love it. It, you know, it brings together some of my other skill sets, too. So we're going to be talking about the many different kinds of jobs that you can use genealogy skills on, Mm -hmm. which I think will be fun on that panel. And then I'm doing a talk. uh, I, I can't not talk about church records, Andrew. So like that's 
sorry, if Sunny's going to be there, she's going to talk about church records. So I'm giving a talk this year on tracing my um, Latter-day Saint immigrant ancestors from England to the United States and the kinds of records that you can look for um, if you're looking at that population group. And then the last one I'm super excited about because uh, you've been involved in helping it come about. I'm teaching, um, last year I taught a class called um, Help, There's No Class on Researching My Ancestral Homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if I remember right, you came to that one yeah, yeah, yeah. and we had some great conversations afterward. And you're like, I think this really hits some some pain points for a lot of our readers is that, and one of the problems that you have to face as an editor is I I can only put so much in print and do I run another article on England and Scotland or do I do Bolivia? Right. So, so nobody's done Bolivia, but there's maybe only this many readers who would need that. So who do I serve? And that's a challenging question for all genealogy educators. And so I, I did a class basically on how to create your own guide to whether you're researching in, you know, Bolivia or Bali or wherever. Um, so that was a really popular class last year. And they asked me to bring that back and uh, fine tune it and uh, ramp it up even a little bit. And then you got on board too and said, let's put this in the magazine. Magazine. So we've got um, some companion content coming out in that issue, I believe, yeah, um, the March-April issue. So I think that'll be, that's a super fun pairing, I think. I love it when I can uh, bring together different parts of my world. So the Roots Tech piece with the Family Tree Magazine piece and give more audiences some of the same great content. Yeah, and I'm, that was... I'm- I'm speaking a little ahead of the publication, right? Because I've already worked on the piece, but it, it really is a great article and a great resource. Um, and we'll be, if you're, if you're on the ground there in Salt Lake city, um, you can grab a free copy of the March, April issue that contains this article that Sunny's talking about uh, at our booth. So definitely be sure to do that and to stop by uh, Sunny's lecture. Once the schedule is available, you'll be able to find it there. Sunny, where can our listeners keep up with you? You know, in the pages of Family Tree Magazine is really a great place to do that or over at Family Tree University when I'm teaching uh, courses there. I get a lot of great questions from people. Um, I'm over at Diane Southard's YourDNAGuide.com, um, available there. If you've got DNA questions, send them our way, and then we have an expert team who can answer some of those. Um, but I'm also just really easy to find on Facebook. So you can find me there and have a conversation. All right. Well, I've been talking to Sunny Jane Morton. She's one of our contributing editors here at Family Tree Magazine and the content director for Your DNA Guide. And thank you so much, Sunny, for taking some time. And hey, I'll see you in Rootstack. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast. This is the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. If you'll be at Rootstack this year, come find us at the Family Tree Magazine booth in the exhibit hall. As I said in my interview with Sunny, we'll be handing out free copies of our March-April issue. You can learn more about RootsTech and what we at Family Tree will be doing during the conference in this episode's show notes page, which you can find at familytreemagazine.com genealogy podcast. There, you'll also find a huge back catalog of past episodes full of topics that will help you in your genealogy research. When you stop by the website, be sure to sign up for our free newsletter. That's the perfect way to stay in touch with Family Tree Magazine and get all the latest and greatest news, plus the announcements of each and every new podcast episode. I'm Andrew Cook, editor of Family Tree Magazine, and until next time, have fun climbing your family tree.